what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and to my loyal listeners, I apologize. Not only did I miss week 13, but I missed week 14 of the NFL in terms of my podcast coverage. But we are here in week 15. We are here in the NFL, and we are in the month of December. Uh, a little bit different from seasons past, but then again, we are still in a pandemic. Um, the show must still go on, but for this month of December, as we go into week 15, this seems to be um, a challenging month, as you guys might have seen on Twitter, on the news, just everything else aside. I'm, I'm sure you're checking your fantasy football lamps, but as we go into week 15, there are a lot of illness related protocols that are going on. Am I talking about the cold? Am I talking about the flu? No, I'm talking about COVID-19. So you have several players throughout the league. I think this is the most that they've had up to this point this season test positive for COVID-19. And how will that affect week 15? It certainly is going to affect the NFC West, the division that we cover, as we will get into. But the Seahawks and Rams, which was initially scheduled to play on Sunday, they are pushed back to Tuesday because over 20 players on the Rams squad has tested positive. That includes Von Miller. That includes Jalen Ramsey. That includes a lot, a lot of players. They're practice squad players. They're depth players. So yeah, they are pushed till Tuesday. Um, Tyler Lockett notably has tested positive for the Seahawks. Thus far, I mean, knock on wood, the Niners have been pretty good. The Cardinals have been pretty good. But I just want to make that reiteration as we get into week 15 and as I do this pod. Because just how just how life works. But once I finish this pod, it wouldn't surprise me if there were some more positive COVID tests that come out after this. But I still got to roll with the punches. Going back to why I was not in for week 13 or week 14 for that matter is, you know, for week 13, I got caught up. Not up to par, a little bit, a little bit too much, uh, a little too much Christmas cheer, I guess, or holiday cheer for that matter. But we couldn't come to doing a live pod. We were there at Seattle for the Niners Seahawks game, and that was our first time watching the Seahawks and the Niners at Lumen Stadium. For that matter, it's kind of that rite of passage for the NFC West, and it was a great game. It's a game that I'm always gonna remember, but at the same time, too, man, it was. Um, a little frustrating. I was, you know, personally, I wanted the Niners to win, but that's what keeps the NFC West spicy because the Seahawks, they um, they played one hell of a game. As you guys know, you're talking about uh, a fake field goal for a touchdown. You're talking about safety. You're talking about 30-plus points by the Seahawks. You're talking about a game where the Niners went down the field, fourth and goal, didn't make it, but overall it was a really good game. And I want to give a shout out to the Seahawks fans, the 12s that were there, because for at least from my experience where I was sitting, very positive. They came up to me at T-Up and KMO introduced themselves. And, you know, we had our highs and lows during the game, as any game would have. But, um, you know, they were good sports about it. Even after the game, after the game was out of hand and decided – uh, a lot of them came up to us, said safe travels, good game. We shook hands, and while I did walk away rather frustrated, as anyone should be uh, coming off a loss, uh, I would say that I didn't feel as bad as 
I don't know, the Niners-Colts game, for example. That's the game that I went to earlier this season where that was pretty dire. That's when the Niners were 2-4. and four. But, but anywho, so that was week 13. Week 14, I got caught up with work. As you guys might know, I do real estate full-time, and so that is my... Uh, that's my grind and just, just couldn't get the chance to do it. But I mean, oh man, for even for week 14, that was a really lit week for uh, for the NFC West. And that's what we can talk about as we get into week 15. But you're talking about going to the Niners. You're talking about a Niners team on the road against a pretty evenly matched team in the Bengals. Both the Niners and the Bengals, they've had their highs and lows this season, which didn't surprise me how it went to the wire. I didn't necessarily expect overtime, but I knew it was going to be a really competitive game. But this is a game that might really propel the Niners, hopefully into the postseason for them, because this was a game where, you know, versus like the Seahawks or the Packers early in the season, where they would lose in the final stretches of the game. It seemed like the Bengals were taking the momentum as they forced overtime being down 6-20. to They tied it 20-20. to but the Niners were able to come with a, uh, I believe it was, I think Jimmy Garoppolo was like 6 for 6, 7 for 7 on that final drive for the game-winning touchdown. So they win 26 to 23. The Seahawks, talking about Seattle, they were on the road against the Texans. And so they are now on a two-game win streak after beating the Niners. And now they beat the Texans. They beat them 33 to 13. A game that was, you know, it, it was close earlier on. I think it was like 17-13 halftime. Uh, a game where, what is it, Fairbar, Fairbar or whatever, the, the kicker from the Texans nailed like a 60-yarder to make it 16-13. Rather competitive in the first half, but it was really nice to see Russell Wilson do, well, Russell Wilson things. So he had Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett. That connection has worked great all year the last two games in particular they have been on the same page and i think what uh tyler lockett finished the game with like 150 yards receiving two touchdowns and tyler lockett for i think the third straight season has now gone for over a thousand yards receiving in each season the last three years so a big shout out to tyler lockett a big shout out to russell wilson and an even bigger shout out to their former first round running back, and Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny out of San Diego State was the leading rusher um, coming out of the draft, second just behind Saquon Barkley in terms of draft prospects. And injuries and consistencies, I don't know, but he's on the final year of his contract, and he probably had the best game of his career against the Texans. Now, mind you, the Texans aren't particularly well or competent, but check this out. I mean, Rashad Penny... 130 yards rushing, two touchdowns, two plays. I think one play was like a 50-yard score, but that was the Rashad Penny that they had drafted out of San Diego State all those years back. And I know injuries aside, like, they're on... He is on his last... Yeah, he's pretty much on his on his last win with the Seahawks. I don't know if they're going to extend and give him that fifth-year contract um, for his rookie year. I don't think they will, but he gets a nice audition to you know really rally the season around it and, and end it on high notes so i mean the seahawks 33 to 13 over the texans last but not least you have the nfc west divisional game which was lit on monday nights this was a game that i was looking forward to for me you know for my personal endeavors 
and as you guys know, you know, I'm a Niner fan. I personally wanted the Cardinals to beat the Rams because right now the Rams are in the fifth seed, first in the wild card. Uh, the Niners are in the sixth seed, second in the wild card in the NFC conference. And so, you know, in my opinion, if the Cardinals had the chance to beat the Rams, it would make things a little bit more interesting between the Niners and the Rams to fight for that fifth seed and essentially punt the NFC West to the Cardinals. But that's how it goes. That's how the cookie crumbles. Um, big shout out to the Rams. A big shout out because mentioning earlier, you know, going into week 15, they got like 20 plus players on COVID. Well, it's not 20 plus players, but they had a bunch of notables that were out. Uh, that includes Jalen Ramsey, the most notable that got tested positive hours before kickoff. And so you're talking about a team without Robert Woods already, ACL. You're talking about a team without their best cornerback. On the road against the Cardinals, uh, a Cardinals team that has been looking pretty good since Kyler Murray got back from injury. And this was a nutty one. Um, As you would expect in a divisional game, especially Monday Night Football. But the Rams come out 30-23. to Mind you, this was a game that was a little bit stressful at the end because the Cardinals had a chance to tie it because they recovered an onside kick. But despite all that, I mean, the Cardinals, they had their chances at home. Oh, my God. So they they lose, but they really needed this, this game because if they had won this, you know, they would have solidified themselves at, at the number one seed in the NFC Conference. They would have had home field advance all throughout the playoffs. But now because of this loss, they fall from the number one seed to the number three seed where you have the Packers and the Buccaneers at one and two, respectively. So as of now, the the Cardinals are the third seed uh, in the NFC conference because of this. And, you know, the Rams are they're sitting at nine and four. And what a good performance by this Rams defense that was really looking to make some plays. Uh, This was a team that, you know, I mean, obviously they do well as a pass rushing unit, and that's exactly what happened. They were able to get ahead early. Um, you know, this Cardinals team, they had turnovers early. They had four red zone trips. Two of them were picked off. Red zone, well, not red, well, one red zone interception, one turnover and downs. So they only scored two out of four times in the red zone, which is brutal. Um... You know, James Conner played a great game. The Cardinals came back late, but I mean, this Rams team, for every punch that the Cardinals gave to the Rams, the Rams were able to respond in a manner that made Stafford look like the quarterback that they traded for. Uh, He had a nice 60-yard bomb on play action to Van Jefferson. He had a touchdown to OBJ on a slant. Uh, he looked amazing, amazing on the road. Cooper Cup, eight, I, I don't know. He had like, what, 10, 13 catches, touchdown. Um, you know, mind you, the run game hasn't been particularly well, but it's been running along smoothly enough with Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson was out for, for COVID-19. So, I mean, all, all in all, this was a really competitive game. One, one of the better Monday Night Football games. No bias, maybe all bias being in the MC West, but... It's, you know, on one end, it's frustrating for the Cardinals because despite their turnovers, despite some of their mishaps, they had a chance to tie it up. They had a chance to win it 
at, at times, but they couldn't do it. But then the Rams, they, I mean, this was a game that they needed to win. This was a statement game for themselves. And Aaron Donald comes away as Defensive Player of the Week with 15 pressures and three sacks. So that is that is good stuff for the NFC West in Week 15. So let's go ahead and go onwards to Week 15. Cardinals, first place at 10-3. and three. They are the number three seed in the NFC Conference. The Rams, they are the fifth seed in the NFC Conference. They're second in the division at 9-4. and four. The Niners, 7-6. and six. They finally get over 500. They restarted the season 2-4. and four. They won their last, what, 5 out of 7. So they are 7-6. and six, And they are on the sixth seed for the wild card spot. And then you have the Seahawks, who are 5-8. and eight. I mean, they're, they're technically in the playoff race if they win outright. But, um, you know, they won two straights. They beat the Niners. They... They beat the Jaguars. Who, who knows? Who knows? So let's go ahead and talk onwards for week 15 in the NFC West. All right, week 15. Let's go, baby. So 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, obviously, because I, I live in Pacific Standard Time in the Bay Area. Uh, you have the Cardinals who are pretty pissed off coming off a shitty last Monday Night Football at home. So they go on the road. Uh, a good What's a good rebound game? A game against the Detroit Lions, and so you have <laughs> you have the Cardinals ten and three. You have the Lions one and eleven, one tie, and guess the line, guys. It's uh, on the road. I mean, I know, yeah, on the right. Okay, uh, points. It's uh, the Cardinals are favored by twelve and a half, twelve and a half, forty-seven and a half on the road. So they are. Uh, you got the Lions at as home dogs. But, uh, man, uh, just looking at this matchup, the one thing to note is DeAndre Hopkins, unfortunately, you know, he, he hurt his I mean, he's been dealing with the injuries all season, but he hurt his knee uh, again against the Rams. They, they got an MRI. Uh, they've determined that he's probably going to be out for the remainder of the season. Hopeful to come back come playoff time in the next four or five weeks, but... No DeAndre Hopkins, and so that means you have the next man up, whether it's A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore. They have plenty of receivers. Um, you know, obviously no DeAndre Hopkins per se, but A.J. Green has come on as of late. He had a nice, beautiful uh, oof, a beautiful catch against the Rams last game in their comeback effort. And then you have James Conner. From what I understand, Chase Edmonds is slated to return. He's been out the last couple of weeks with an injury and so that does not build well for a Lions team that is not um you know two weeks ago they beat the Vikings which is awesome it's always nice to beat a divisional opponent especially an opponent that affects the NFC wildcard race but the following week last week played the Broncos they got their asses handed so uh what can I say about this game is this a trap game is this something that's more I mean no uh, Jared Goff is a former NFC West quarterback. I'm sure that Cliff Kingsbury, I'm sure the Cardinals are very aware of the gifts and talents of Jared Goff, the Jared Goff experience. And so even for the Lions, they're coming off their share of injuries. I know that last week, DeAndre Swift was hurt. They might have him back. Um, you know, their receiver, I just, 
I don't really have much to say about this game, honestly. This is a game where the Cardinals, they should come in mad, pissed off that they lost to the Rams and lost their number one seed because they're, they're third right now, okay? They're third, and they, they need to fix that. Uh, maybe they don't, per se, because ironically, they are 3-3 three and three at home, but they're undefeated on the road. I don't know how that works, but... Most teams want to be at home throughout the playoffs. And so for them, this is a game that they cannot mess with. Take care of business. This is a team with a top 10 offense, a top 10 defense, a great front seven, a a front seven that should be able to bring it home and get home to Jared Goff. So I just don't see how this can go otherwise. Um, You know, if I'm a betting man, do I like the 12 and a half? Sure. I might like the 12 and a half, but... I'm not a betting man. I'm just here covering the NFC West. Go ahead. Over under 47 and a half. Give me the Cardinals. Uh, let, me, let me get the Cardinals like 28, Lions 17. Yeah, I'll make it uh, kind of close. 28, 17, Cardinals, they take it, go on the road, and move onwards. Maybe they don't cover uh, 12 and a half. I don't, I don't know, but 28, 17, Cardinals. Put it on the board, baby. Put it on the board. Next game, 1 o'clock. Early 1 o'clock. I was expecting like a 125, but a 1 o'clock game at Levi Stadium. And this is a game where, you know, no pressure, but a lot of pressure for this game. And so when I was reading about this game for the Niners, right now I think they're like, what, 70% likely to make the playoffs given where they are and given that they have tiebreakers with wins over the Vikings, the Eagles. Um, and so, you know, the Falcons are still in the mix. The seventh seed right now is going to the Washington football team at 6-7, and seven, but the Vikings are 6-7. and seven. The Eagles are 6-7. and seven. The Falcons are 6-7. and seven. The Saints are 6-7. and seven. And so you have one, two, three, four. You have five teams at 6-7, and seven, and you have the Niners at the sixth seed, which means they're only a game apart. Uh, but that also means a couple things as well. So just, just this is just the stats, okay? So if the Niners were to win this game and beat the Falcons, that would have them with tiebreakers over three out of the five teams that are competing for the wild card. So you'd have wins over the Eagles, Falcons, and Saints by this matter. And so it would propel them from like a 70 percentile probability of playoffs. They'll go to like a 90% chance of making playoffs. But... If they lose to the Falcons, and it's interesting because the Falcons are still in the mix despite, you know, some of their ups and downs this season. But if they were to lose, they go from 70% to 30%. And obviously that's an alarming rate of drop if they were to lose this game. Because also mind you that after this game, the Niners are playing on a very short week because they are playing the Titans on the road on Thursday night football. So, they'll if you know, if they lose this game and they have like 3 days to recover to go on the road against the Titans, I won't say that they'll probably lose against the Titans, but it's it's pretty tough, man. It's pretty tough. So, they need to take care of business at home, and they certainly can because if you look at the DVOA for both the offense and the defense of the Niners, they're top 10 on offense. I think they're number 6. I think on defense, they're number five. 
So on paper, they are a much better team than the Falcons. I believe the Falcons are red across the board. They're like the 30th best team overall DVOA. I think their they're rushing offense is last. I think that their run defense is pretty bad. They're not a good team, but the reason why they're 6-7 and seven is because they played some pretty bad teams in the past earlier this season where, you know, they... They won narrowly by like one possession, but their seven losses they've gotten blown out by superior teams. Now, are the Niners a superior team? I don't know, man. I don't know because, you know, watching the Niners, you'll see brilliance, you know, beating the Rams on Monday nights, but you'll also see them shooting themselves on the in the foot by losing to teams like the Colts at the time, which they were viewed as a bad team, or the Seahawks, which they should have won. I was there, but you can see the volatility of the Niners. So circling back, I mean, what did it make of this game? You have the Niners at home, favored by nine and a half. So will it stay at nine? Nine and a half. Will it bump up to ten? I don't know. Over under 46 and a half. So right in the middle. Um... The Falcons played the Niners a couple years back on their Super Bowl year in 2019, and they actually upsetted the Niners coming off a very nice road victory against the Saints, and then they go back home and they lose to the Falcons. Could this happen again? And the reason why I say that is because the Niners just came off a resounding overtime emotional game against the Bengals, and now they come back to Levi's, which is nice. But, you know, in years past, you've seen the Niners kind of get off to some really slow starts at home, despite being at home. You know, you have one really convincing win on the road, and then I won't say it saps your energy, but the following game, it just takes them a little bit longer to get back on track. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan and his players know that, historically speaking, that has happened. And I'm sure that they know that this is a game that they can't let squander, because if they lose this game... Like I mentioned before, they played the Titans on Thursday, and you don't want to have that compound with one loss to the Falcons and then presumably another loss on a short week against the Titans. That is not good football. That is not a convincing way to show your fans or the NFL that you're ready for for postseason. So how do I view the matchups for this game? Well, (sighs) Eli, Elijah Mitchell... Rookie starting running back is out again this week. Concussion, his knee. I think his knee was still swelling, so he is out. Dre Greenlaw, linebacker, he's out. Al Shair is doubtful. So, yeah, you have some notable players that are out for the Niners. But at the same time, too, this is a Niners team that should be better than the Falcons. Uh, What can the Niners do against the Falcons? Well, they can certainly run the ball. Jeff Wilson looks, I mean... You know, fantasy football-wise, he didn't have amazing stats last week against the Bengals, but he looked a lot better, and it seems like he's getting better week over week. And you're talking about a Niners offense, at least through the passing game, is starting to come on. And this Falcon secondary is not good. Their linebackers are, eh, it's okay. So I'm expecting a big game out of George Kittle. Brandon Ayuk, the same guys that, that should make a play. But it's, it wasn't really interesting for me. It's seen just kind of like 
Well, you know, offensive players don't really match up against each other, but I want to see how this matchup can one-up the other because they're very similar, but they're not. But you have the versatile running back, wide receiver in Debo Samuel, and you have that same offensive weapon in Cordero Patterson for the Falcons. Now, the Falcons for Cordero Patterson, he has been a very pleasant surprise. Um, Still returns kicks. Um, They line him in the backfield, treat him like a running back. And then at the same time, too, they'll line him in the slot. uh, And he can run routes, too. Given his route running isn't as good as Debo Samuel, but, you know, you're talking about two players in Debo Samuel and Cordero Patterson that are setting precedent within the league that are, you know, getting the attention of opposing defenses. And so if I'm Kyle Shanahan, you know, obviously I know about offensive weapons like Cordero Patterson because I have Debo Samuel. But how are they going to defend that? I'm particularly concerned about special teams because when you look at special teams, sure, they did well against the Bengals, but, you know, I could easily see, and I hope not, but I could easily see Cordero Patterson on the kick return, get a couple blocks up front and then take one to the house, and then everyone would be bitching for Richard Hightower's job. Not a special teams coordinator. But I could see some some stuff like that happening. The Niners need to be very mindful that this is a desperate Falcons team, similar to the Seahawks, where you know they could pull some some fuckery. Fake punt, fake field goal, anything is on the table with a desperate team. So be better. You are the better team. This is a team that, you know, when they limit the turnovers, if they take care of the football. If they run well enough, more times than not, like 9 out of 10 times, they're going to win that football game. So the key is, will they be able to maintain good Niner football, or are they going to shoot themselves in the foot? A Jimmy G pick, an ill-timed fumble, stuff like that is what's going to keep these Niners away from a victory at Levi Stadium. The other factor that would probably keep them out, and I'm just thinking this aloud outside of Cordero Patterson, would be their prized rookie tight end in Kyle Pitts. Now, he's no Tony Gonzalez of old, but he is like that new age tight end, more of a wide receiver. A really big wide receiver, mind you, but I mean, who's who, who, the, who the hell is going to match up against Kyle Pitts? Okay, because he's pretty much a bona fide big wide receiver. Um, they line him all over the place. He's pretty much taking care of the Julio Jones. Well, I guess now Calvin Ridley because he's he's not playing, but he's pretty much that guy for the offense. And, you know, is it going to be Fred Warner that's going to be guarding him? Is it going to be Jimmy Ward? But Jimmy Ward's pretty small. I mean, he's pretty short in comparison to Kyle Pitts. If you don't have Al Shair, if you don't have Dre Greenlaw, like, you know, the linebackers are going to, they're going to be tested. And so... I guess Warner gets the assignments, but even the safety plays like Hufanga and and Jimmy Ward, like they're going to have their hands uh, filled with, with some Kyle Pitts. But what can mitigate that is a good pass rush. And this Falcons offensive line, while it isn't good, they have a very solid pocket passer. Kyle Shanahan knows him in Matt Ryan. But he's not mobile, similar to Jimmy Garoppolo. And so if you're Nick Bosa's your Arden Keys of the world can do something. A sack or two, some Nick Bosa love up front. Uh, then, yeah, it will compromise this Falcons offense because this Falcons offense isn't too 
complimentary right now. They're not running the football well. They have some gadget plays with Cordero Patterson. But for the most part, you know, they, they have some work to be done. But you have to get to the quarterback. You have to get to Matt Ryan. If not, if you give him too, too much time, I mean, he's, he's going to dice up the secondary, especially the Snyder secondary that is still, you know, if you look on paper, it's not that it's not that stellar with Josh Norman. Uh, Dante Johnson, he should come back. He's up in the air. And then you have Embry Thomas. Uh, yeah, just not not a good unit right now. Anyway, getting ahead of myself. So how do I see this going down? Can the Niners win by more than 10 points? Yeah, I, I think they can. Uh, will they? Uh, I don't know because of those aforementioned factors. Coming off a road victory, they might come out a little, eh. Uh, you might see some special teams fuckery. Uh, I can see the Falcons doing something just to make things interesting. And if you're a Niner fan at Levi Stadium, you won't feel comfortable. Maybe at the end, but... Throughout the game, I think that there's going to be some interesting twists and turns. Hopefully not, but it wouldn't surprise me. So go ahead and give me the Niners. Uh, give me the Niners 30 to 21. So barely, barely at the spread. Not covering. But 30 to 21. I think they'll do just enough. I think they'll pull away at the end. And as long as they take care of the football... Take care of the football. Take care of the football. Then they should be okay. Onwards. Dun, dun, dun. But of course, not Monday Night Football. You have Tuesday Night Football because of COVID-19. So the Rams and the um, uh, the Rams and the Seahawks, they were slated to play Sunday. But because of COVID, because of the numerous tests that were positive for the Rams, they want to give them a little bit more time. And mind you, they could still... For a lot of these guys that tested positive that are vaccinated, they could still go back and be activated onto the onto the active roster if they have. I believe they have two negative tests by Saturday or anywho. They still have a chance to recap and get their guys back. Uh, but more importantly, if you have a Tuesday game, it gives their roster an opportunity just just in case that let's just say Von Miller or Jalen Ramsey or whoever cannot play that they'll have a better game plan for the replacements they have at hand but despite all that they're at home Seahawks divisional game at home for the Rams they are favored by four over under 45 and a half so it's very similar to the Niners Falcons game 46 and a half 45 and a half. Okay, so it's an evenly over-under sort of game. But, yeah, man. Let's just go back to this game. I mean, this is a Seahawks team that has been winning the last two games. Mind you, the last game against the Texans wasn't that impressive of an opponent. But, you know, things can get a little tricky. The Rams, for that matter, though, they've had the Seahawks number in the last couple games. I, I think that um, this pass rush... It's kind of like rock, paper, scissors because the Niners play well against the Rams, but then they lose to the Seahawks, but then the Rams play good against uh, the Seahawks, and then the Cardinals um, lose. And the Cardinals lose. To the, uh, all right, I'm getting a little twisted, but you get what I'm saying. There's a little bit of rock, paper, scissors to the elements of the NFC West, okay? And so... The Rams, historically speaking, they match up well against 
Russell Wilson because of Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is able to collapse the pocket, the interior pass rush, push the pocket up front and make it really difficult for Russell Wilson to uh, run and get out of it. Because when the, the pass rush, when the the pressure comes up front, he, he can't move away and run past it. It, it really compromises what he does as a, as a mobile quarterback. So, I mean... I mean, can Russell Wilson get past this? Uh, this is a game where, like I mentioned before, Tyler Lockett, he was been, he's been playing great football, but as of right now, he's out because of COVID. DK Metcalf, he's been a little bit quiet. I would like to see him a little bit more active. Obviously, if Lockett's out, you would like to see some Rashad Penny to stabilize the run game. Uh, but... This is going to be a tall task at hand because even with the Rams shorthanded, their defensive line shits on the Seahawks offensive line. Offensive line, they, they, they haven't been all, all there. They need to have their playmakers step up. They need to be able to run the football well. They need to be able to protect Russell Wilson straight up, straight up. Because on the other side, if the Seahawks turn the ball over and you give it to Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford under center. I mean, as of right now, it sucks. I just checked. Although Beckham Jr. also tested positive for COVID. Uh, Tyler Higby did not play last week because of COVID. I don't know if he's slated to play. But yeah, that's that's a bit alarming for their offense. But you still have Matthew Stafford. You still have a great offensive line that blocks and pass protection very well. And this is a Seahawks team that does not get after the pass. Not, I think, Daryl Taylor leads the team in, with six sacks. And if you want to compare that, I think like Nick Bosa has 14. I think Aaron Donald has 12. So um, even like Chandler Jones and all these other guys in the NFC West, they're much better pass rushers in the NFC West in comparison to the Seahawks. And so how are they going to... How are they going to pressure the Rams, okay? I don't know. Uh, that's going to be their biggest challenge, more so than their own offense. It's getting to the Rams' offense because, for that matter, Sean McVay, he's had he's had Seahawks' number, and he thrives against the Seattle defense. So, uh, I think matchup-wise, if there's no Jalen Ramsey, maybe Darius Williams will get the, um, the matchup against DK Metcalf. That would be interesting. I'm going to be intrigued to see maybe the X factor might be Rashad Penny out of the backfield for the Seahawks. He had a really strong game last week against the Texans with 134 yards and two touchdowns. Can he can he do that again? Um, if he can show that he's that guy, that dude out of San Diego State, and play a legitimate home run hitting sort of ability and keep the defense honest and to keep them away from us, Wilson – then that would extend a lot of things. That would extend the passing game. It would make it more balanced. And then the rest would kind of go hand in hand. Kind of similar to what the Niners did against the Rams. If you're able to run against this Rams front seven and challenge their linebackers and keep them at bay, then it's going to set up play action. It's going to set up less obvious pass rushing situations for the Seahawks to take advantage of taking some, some shots with DK Metcalf, Gerald Everett, and whoever else they have post-COVID uh, on the offense for their passing. A lot of times for them, 
the reason why their offense ha- has not been good this season is because they get in these really dire third and long situations because they can't move the ball on first and second down. They can't run the ball well. And then you're like at third and 15 and then you have obvious passing situations and you don't want to do that um, because Russell Wilson, he just hasn't been that good this year. Mind you, he's been well the last two games, but you get what I'm saying. They cannot afford to continue to be third and long and be a one-dimensional team. So all in all, how do I see this going out? You know, right now the Rams are at four. Maybe it gets a little bit closer to three and a half, three because of all these COVID tests. Like, you know, if you were to tell me, like, I don't know, like, Andrew Whitworth, 40-year-old left tackle, were to get tested or... Um, they were if they were to lose Cooper Cup, which I hope they don't. But if that were to happen, yeah, it's it's going to compromise the line. I think that conversely, Cooper Cup, um, Cooper Cup, always kills the Seahawks. He always kills the Seahawks. So how do I see this going down? Uh, I would like the Seahawks to make things spicy, and I think they certainly can. But I think the Rams take care of business. At home, despite all the fuckery, I think that uh, this would be the nail in the coffin for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks team. They've been ascending in recent weeks, but if they can put them, if the Rams can send them back home with a loss, they would go to 5-9, and nine, and you would assume that up to that point that they are projected to have Russell Wilson's first losing season in a very long time. And I think that's going to happen. So go ahead and give me the Rams 27 uh, 27 to 20. I'll make it close. 27 to 20. Uh, 27, 27, 20 Rams. So they cover, but, you know, 27 to 20. Anywho, so that's how I see the NFC West going down for week 15. I hope for those that are still in fantasy football playoffs that you guys are able to navigate through your roster to check out the waivers, to have that depth on your bench because it's going to be a very challenging week. It's probably the, one of the more challenging weeks than that I can remember in recent memory because of all these COVID tests, because of all the, this um, just checking Adam Schefter, checking your, your lineups. There's football on Saturday. There's football on Sunday. There's football on Monday. And now there's football on Tuesday. So you have NFL games for all four days consecutively. From Saturday to Tuesday. So that could be really good, but it can be really stressful for those that have fantasy football teams. So make sure to check out your lineups, check out Twitter, be mindful, make some moves, but best of luck for fantasy football playoffs. Once again, thank you so much for checking out the pod, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes. Continue to do so. I'm also on Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.